At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, so Lombardi line, we got you back here. Of course, week 15 opens up tonight in Los Angeles where it will be a home field for Kansas City. I The only book I have, Michael, at three and a half is the South Point. It looks like, and you can see it right there in front, everybody else is three. Um, yep. There is a little juice on the three, so it could be headed to three and a half. We did see this number get all the way up to four and then bought back down to three and a half. And then this morning, everybody was three, but I'm starting to see the juice pop up on the three. So it looks like we could be headed to three and a half. I think we're going to, you know, I think a lot of the places will go to three and a half because of the juice. And, and I think this is where we're going to start to see some of the money. The matchup, you know, I know they beat them before in Kansas City, the different teams at that time. Kansas City wasn't playing any defense at all, and they were struggling. And I do think that the, the, this is a different set of circumstances. And I, I don't think the Chiefs' offense is back by no means. I don't think they're as explosive. I think they're, they're managing the game. I think give Andy Reid some credit. I think he sees to win this game, it's with defense, play good in the kicking game. And I think the kicking game and defense will be the, will be the a reason why Kansas City wins tonight. And I think they'll win by more than three. I really do. So I could see why this line is moving. Okay, just to simplify it for new bettors, why we talk about the movement and potentially try to flag where it's going to go. If you want to bet Kansas City, what we're saying is, you know, bet it now at three. If you want to yeah. bet the Chargers, you may want to hold on because it looks like three and a halfs are going to be popping up in the key number across any sport. There's nothing more key than the move on or off three in the NFL. Okay. And, and, I, and I think once we get to three and a half, which we will probably soon, you know, then does it go to four? And if you want to bet the Chargers, do you wait for the four? Or do you think it's going to come back down to three? I don't think it's coming back down to three. I really do. Once it goes to three and a half, I think it's going to stay there. I really do. Okay. Important. To, tremendous information. Now, it, can we talk about COVID and we can we and again yeah. this is a conversation we have it's it's insane there are teams that are being majorly affected you know for example the Rams there was Higby was a false positive he didn't play Monday night Odell Beckham Jr. played Monday night and excelled had a touchdown six receptions 77 yards and then tested positive the next morning so it's it's convoluted to say the least and the teams that are hit the hardest right now the Browns coming up on Saturday they open six they're now catching one hosting Vegas of course Baker and Stefanski amongst others and Washington Washington Philadelphia is bet up to 10 nine and a half at most books and Washington's just completely depleted by COVID. No, and the Bears have lost, I think, their offensive staff. I think, you know, Bill Lazor and I don't know if DeFilippo is out, but a bunch of Bears coaches now. They're both coordinators are, are down with COVID, hmm. you know, and most of those are vaccinated. So, you know, these are tests that are coming in even after the vaccination and assuming they had the booster as well. So, look, it's all over. It's it, We're seeing college games get canceled. We're seeing pro games have a lot of the Sacramento Kings have got it running through their team. Uh, the Chicago Bulls have it running through their team. I mean, it's wintertime and we're with the flu. It's the flu season. You know, we, we kind of say, well, it's COVID, but it's, it's the flu season. And this, this virus is, is much, uh, 
is much uh, of a way to where it, it, it spreads way quicker than the flu. And if you're not careful, it's going to get inside your team like it has in, 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 uh, in Cleveland, and it's affected the outcome of these games. I mean, Washington, they're going to go with a makeshift team into Philadelphia. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised that line gets to 11 based on this. So Case Keenum in. Nick Mullins will be the backup there. Stefanski, they've dealt with this Stefanski situation in the postseason last year when they beat Pittsburgh. So Stefanski being on the sidelines, maybe not as much, but it's, it's just, it's all encompassing. I mean, I, it's just go right. from six down through zero to one the other way is a wild move. Yeah, it is. But, you know, I mean, look, the, the, the team is, you know, when you look at the Brownies and you look at their team and you say, okay, even when they had Baker, but they have on offense alone, Patrick, they have five starters that aren't going to play. Mm -hmm. Jarvis Landry, Willis, the left tackle, to go along with the right tackle who's a backup. White, Wyatt Teller, who's one of their best guards. They just signed him to an extension. Hooper and Ndokwe. The 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 uh, Njoko, Njoku, excuse me, mm -hmm. he's going to play tight, and then Mayfield, they they haven't even activated the third quarterback that they're going to bring up. I'm sure they'll well they have they'll bring Nick Mullins up, but and th that's just on offense. And then on defense, Malik McDowell, who plays inside, he's going to miss. McKinley's going to miss. You know, Walker, their linebacker, he's not going to play. And then one of their free safety, John Johnson's not going to play, along with Troy Hill, who's their third corner. I want to clear. I mean, yeah. you, know, you know, I mean, if this isn't laying out there for, on the tee for the Raiders to hit, I don't know what is. So Washington's up to 21 as far as COVID. I want to clarify, uh, Jonathan Allen could potentially come off the list. It's not fortified yet, but they're up to 19. They just added two more, so they're up to 21 players on the COVID list right now, Washington. And most of them on defense. Eric Flowers I think has the flu. I mentioned him earlier. But most they have five starters on defense. Fuller, Mayo, Tuhill, Allen, and Smith-Williams that are not going to play. Plus, uh, you know, Tim Settle and some other backup guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's going to be a hard challenge. Offensively, you know, the backup tackle, Cornelius Lucas, Cam Sims, who made that incredible catch last week against Philadelphia, against Washington, he's out. Kyle Allen's on COVID. You know, I think they just brought Josh Johnson down from the Jets to put him on the team. So he'll be the backup quarterback. And, you know, Heineke's hurt. Uh, over in England, they're pushing for a shutdown through the rest of December for the soccer, the EPL. They're looking to potentially shut it down. So this is just, this is global. It's, it's as you mentioned, it's cold and flu season. That's not uh, news to anybody at, on December 16th. So we're, I think it's a confluence, right? There's, it's, it's a mixture of a lot. I'm sure a lot of this is COVID related, but a lot of it could just come down to general illness. Yeah, I, I, and I think this is what's going on. And, and obviously, uh, you know, the, this is it's going to be interesting today when the Circa numbers come out exactly, exactly what uh, they're going to put in there. Did they get there in time to increase the Washington number? Is the Washington number going to stay at four and a half, five, six? What's it going to do? Because I, the only the only betting market that stays stationary is the, those those contest markets. And we've seen that kind of backfire a little bit too, right? We saw it on, on on Monday night when, you know, the Rams were missing players and still getting two and a half and end up beating the Cardinals outright. Yep. And we're going to head to Circa here in a few minutes and check in with Amal Shaw. Before we do that, so with Meyer being out in Jacksonville, are the names we're hearing, bless you, are the names we're hearing the same, you know, the Bienemies and the others that we've heard in the past as far as potential down there? 
I, I would assume so. I would assume, you know, it's going to be the political element of the league, who's, who the NFL office is pushing. You know, they put Belke in there, the general manager, Trent Belke. He was in the league office for a year and a half, and then they moved him down there. So who's controlling it all? You know, who's going to make the decision? And who is helping shock on? I mean, when you've, when you've produced 10 double-digit losses in 10 of the last 11 years, and you've gone through, you know, Gus Bradley, Doug Marone, you know, uh, Coughlin. You brought Coughlin back. That was a that that was a disaster, except for one year, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that was a huge disaster. So, like, tell me where this has gotten better, and who's making the decision? I mean, if you're not going to change the decision maker, how do you expect the decisions to be different? It, it, everybody wants the job. I mean, it's one of 32 on the planet. But with the want and continued obsession with London and just the overall vibe of that organization, it's not, it can't be destination one for these coaches looking to get a job, right? No, but you would think that the next guy he comes in there with is going to have to have some job security and, and some sense of, you know, control a little bit, I think, you know, to kind of clean up this mess. I mean, this is a culture mess down there. It's a huge culture mess. And, and, and it's going to take the right guy to fix this. It's not going to be a tinkering of the offense or a tinkering of the defense. This is a tinkering of who's in the building and how this works. And, you know, a lot of people think, well, now that, the, you know, Meyer's gone, it's going to be easy for them to win. The line moves up. But some of those coaches now are, know they're out of work. They know they're out of work. They know there's going to be a new sheriff coming to town, and they're not part of that, they're not part of that administration. <laughs> The next potential coach there in Jacksonville, you may want to talk to Dan Campbell and get his agent's number and get that sixth year, that extra year of security and payment. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You would think you'd want that. You'd say, look, you know, but I mean, if you're Shaq Khan, are you going to go that direction? You're already going to be paying this guy. Although I don't know if he'll be paying Urban. I really don't know. Cause? Doesn't because he have cause? He does have cause. He does have cause and documentation of it, too. 100%. You know, it's what's interesting, too, is we see such a, a, a variance. The 20 now plus in Washington, Seattle doesn't have one player on a COVID list. It's just fascinating how it's just different yeah. across the country and, and in team to team, right? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's really, again, it's cold and flu season, you know, and I've been in way many, a lot of coaching meetings where, you know, look, we got to make sure the players are, you know, taking care of themselves and they're not getting run down because this is a virus that spreads rapidly. And the NFL now has over 100 players on the list in the last three days. Wow. It really is fascinating. And Cleveland could have used that extra day, right? We love Saturday football, yeah. but the fact that Cleveland's playing on Saturday as opposed to Sunday, that could mean half of those dudes coming on or off the list. Yeah, no doubt. And I think what we have to do a really good job over the weekend is making sure we know who's in the game and who's not. I think that's going to be critical. It's going to be critical. Yeah, these, these moves are insane. Um, another one I wanted to point out, we talked about Philly, and as – you know, it, it jumped a whole point here at the South Point while we were talking to Vinny. I see 10s popping up everywhere now. Nine and a half, 10, Philly hosting Washington as the news continues to break with additions to the COVID list. So it, yeah. it, it, it's it, just this gonna, weekend's you know, going to be I don't be know wild. where it ends. Washington doesn't have a team. The Giants are starting to lose guys to COVID, too. And that's up to 10 and, and a half the, at home. Yeah, and that's, the, and that's the Mike Lennon tax that always goes into the game. So now <laughs> you're going to add more. <laughs> Mike, for, Mike Lennon. 
I hope he doesn't have social because these past few weeks. <laughs> now, if he does have social, all you have to do is check your bank account and he'll be okay. Yeah. But uh, Mike yeah. Lennon's taken some. Of course, Dallas in Jersey this weekend, and the Giants are catching 10 and a half. I got a book at 11 and a half. Westgate's Dallas Lane 11 and a half. Okay, there it is as far as COVID update. When we come back, Amal Shaw from Odds On is going to join us here on the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the sports betting network. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, we've got the new prop tracker now available vcin.com for you to keep up with the key NFL props. Head to vcin.com to get the current odds as well as movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker. It's brand new betting splits as well up there at vcin.com slash NFL. Okay, it is Thursday here on the Lombardi line. That means we bring in our buddy from odds on, of course, Amal Shaw. He's out at the Circa uh, Sportsbook there, and we say hi no, Maul. Maul, this would just be a good time to remind you that Mel Tucker, every time he's paid every two weeks, it's about $200,000. <laughs> Hey, I'm very happy with it. You know, fourth place finishes are tough to come by in the Big Ten East. You got to beat Rutgers and Maryland to get at least get there. So got to give him a lot of credit for that. Not very easy to do, Michael. As you know, the State University of New Jersey had a pretty decent day recruiting yesterday. Yeah, they really did. Impressive. I mean, I don't know what that means. I, I, I'm not sure I buy those stars, but every coach and everybody else seems to evaluate the evaluator. But they did. They had a great, according to the stars, they had a great day. We'll see if it plans out on the field. And, and I think and I think that they've turned the corner a little bit. The, the, New Jersey is a really good state in high school football. And if you can keep some of these kids in state, which I think Greg Ciano and Rutgers has been able to do, it certainly will help their fortunes. Michigan's known the to way, poach. Patrick, yes, we, please. No, I was going to say Michigan's no, known to poach. Ahead, Michigan's known to poach the players in Jersey. There, a lot of Jersey kids go to Michigan, which is you want to keep. Rashawn Gary comes to mind when thinking of a Jersey kid that went to Michigan. Go ahead, Amal. Well, they should have gotten Minka Fitzpatrick if you wanted a Jersey kid that could really play. Uh, yeah. But the bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You know, you win one game once a decade. All of a sudden, you think you've realigned the entire world and you figured out how to uh, navigate oh, peace in the Middle East. Oh, he's still salty about Michigan in the semis. No, I'm, you know what I'm salty about is the, these bums actually think they've done something. You know what? You beat Iowa. Who doesn't beat Iowa? My God, give me a break. Kirk Ferentz, Mr. 8-4, and four, stealing $20 million a year, whatever the hell he steals. These two guys between the Big Ten East and the West, forget about that. But I want to talk about the guy oh. that is now officially persona non grata in coaching. Urban Meyer, if he wanted to be a dictator, there were countries in West Africa he could have overthrown. You can't be uh, a dictator in the league. Well said. <laughs> well said. I mean, you can't take you can't take that dictatorship to adult men. I mean, you've got to motivate, you've got to lead, you've got to inspire. You've got to stand in front of them when things go bad. You've got to stand behind them when things are going good. And you've got to be able to not be the, 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 the driving force to controversy. And, look, it comes down to this, and I think we see it all the time, which makes college salaries so remarkable. There's a lot of guys in college football who are head coaches that don't know anything about, that really don't understand football. They just don't. They understand recruiting. 
They understand how to recruit. They understand how to get in the home and talk to parents and, and sell a kid. But the actual nuts and bolts of being able to assemble a team and build a championship level, few and far between. Boy, you flipped quicker on Urban Meyer than Travis Hunter flipped on Florida State. I mean, he was in Columbus and brought you national champion. I mean, what is all of a sudden you're out on Urban? That's your boy, Amal. Well, no, first of all, look, 83-9 was a tremendous run, but as Paul Feinbaum said, it probably should have won more than he did. If you look at that team that they had in 2014, they brought everybody back in 2015. They had an opportunity to repeat. They didn't do it. Uh, all 62 first-place votes in the AP preseason poll. Guys, think about the players off of this team and the contracts they've gotten. Marshawn Lattimore, Michael Thomas, Joey Bosa, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I'm, I'm leaving out a couple of the guys on the offensive line. They've had a plethora of guys. They've had like five or six guys in the league signed contracts of $90 million or more that played on the team. Oh, Sam Hubbard as well. I mean, they've had some dudes on that team. And for them not to be able to repeat, I thought Urban was always a great underdog coach to me. I never thought he was a great front-running coach. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think it proves my point about how a college can hide the sins of a coach knowing because he gets such great players. And he had a good staff. I mean, he had Ryan Day calling plays. He had Ciano calling defenses. I mean, there was they had guys there working on the staff. So, you know, I mean, did they get as much out of Michael Thomas as they should have? Probably not. Adam Allshaw running PR for the Buckeyes at that point. Um, uh, Maul, <laughs> I'll start with you here. Did Travis Hunter, so he's number one recruit in the country. He had been committed to Florida State since he was like a sophomore. And then Florida State got primetimed as he flips. He's headed to Jackson State. Uh, overall take as NILs start to become part of our world. And then also, do you think he gets in an FCS school like Jackson State, do you think he gets the same recognition? Michael, I have a great answer on this uh, as far as extending then to the pros. This is why you're the best, Patrick. I think that's an excellent question. First of all, you, know, you can point to the NIL, but I think a lot of this had to do with that. You're going to play under the tutelage of the best defensive back, at least in my opinion, ever. You can make a case for other people along the way, but I think Dion is, at least we can argue, he's one of the greatest ever. Mm -hmm. And so if you have an opportunity to learn from the best, that helps a lot. The NIL really, look, I don't want to prevent any of the players from being able to potentially earn money because they put a lot out there. I've always said, Michael and Patrick, I've always said during the fall, students shouldn't go to school. They should go the semester in the winter and then in the spring. And you can argue, well, they're missing out on internships. Fine. Allow them to finish those other semesters post-football after graduation. I don't understand why everybody's in such a hurry to get out of college. Who the hell's having more fun after they were in college? I want to know those people. I want to hang out with them because I, I wish I could go back to my days at Ohio State. All, all I would say is this, that if you go to a school like Jackson State, I don't think your marketability is as great. And that's why I always thought the Zion Williamson decision to go to Duke was far more prudent than you see these Jalen Green and these guys going to the G League. When you go to the G League, you don't have the name and brand recognition. If you play collegiately, whether it's at a major Power 5 school, you know, Quinn Ewers, we saw the money he's getting simply because he played at Ohio State, now he's at Texas. I just don't think Jackson State's going to generate that type of revenue no matter who you are as a player. And one of the other advantages about going to Ohio State, Alabama, and some of these other programs in Georgia and LSU, it's not about the potential to win championships. It's about the fact that every day you practice against other pros. Imagine if you're a defensive back at Ohio State. You would have last year gone against four guys that made the AP All-America team. Jamison Williams, first team, Olave and Wilson, second team, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, third team. You're not practicing against those kinds of dudes at Jackson State.
Well that's, put. And, and I couldn't agree more. I, I think that's the one thing I got to give, you know, give I, I, two things on Dion that I impressed with the fact that he decided to go be a head coach. He couldn't get the Arkansas job. He tried to get that. He was in it. They interviewed him, but he never, but he wasn't there. And so that's a problem. And so he decided, look, if I'm not going to get the attention from these power five schools, let me go become a head coach. And Jackson State offered him a job. He accepted. He went forward and he's done a really good job and he's recruited. And uh, Amal's right. It's, you know, to get coached by a former player who's an elite player is special. But I do think in terms of going to batting practice and going against the best pitchers every single day and getting your bat speed up, going to Jackson State, he's not going to see the elite players. He's not going to be able to play at the highest level of competition had he gone to Florida State. And so he's going to, you have to offset that. You have to offset that. Now, there's talent in the in that in the swag. There's no doubt, but it's not the same talent that's on the campus of Florida State, and that hurts your ability to get better every single day. Great job, you, both of you. you know, Go ahead, Momo. Pa- Patrick, I want to finish uh, follow up on something Michael said earlier about recruiting, and you know, sometimes unfortunately, and, and co- uh, Michael, to me, I think Coach Saban gets underrated in terms of his ability to evaluate talent. They don't miss on guys. These four and five stars turn into first round home run hitters in the NFL. But I look at certain personalities like a guy like Carl Durrell. I wouldn't hire this guy to sell a blanket to somebody in the Arctic Circle. And to me, mm-hmm. there are certain coaches from a personality standpoint. I look at Dion. If I'm Florida State, if Mike Norvell doesn't work out in six to nine months, he's my first call, my first hire. All of a sudden, Marvin Jones Jr., he's coming to Florida State instead of going to Georgia. You're going to get players, and there's a lot of play- parents who are going to know Dion because he's not that far from an age standpoint. Mm-hmm. He's going to be relatively comparable to the parents. And he's, so, he's such a known commodity. I think he can turn a program around very quickly. He understands what it takes from a film study standpoint. And he's got the ability, the acumen. And then, of course, the, the pedigree, the success he's had. This is a guy who's won multiple Super Bowls, Hall of Famer. I think he brings a lot to the table. And I also feel comfortable that a guy like him is not necessarily going to be like, oh, you're worried about him moving on somewhere else. I think the fact that he does want to help young people, he would probably stay in college than necessarily worry about whether it's Ryan Day or Jim Harbaugh jumping to the NFL. Well, I do think that, you know, he, if you're in the brand business, which, you know, most of these colleges are, you can get a guy who can recruit, who's going to walk on the campus and deliver the brand. I mean, this is why Mario Cristobal is down in Miami. Mario Cristobal, when the game starts on Saturday afternoon, he's really probably not going to help you win very much. But during the offseason and recruiting and building the building that, he's going to help you a lot. And I think there has to be a delicate balance. I mean, there's really no difference between Mario Cristobal and Dion in terms of are they going to actually run the offense or defense? No, but they can build a brand. And I think there's going to be more teams looking at that. That's such a tremendous point. Amal about the as far as the age range of these kids, their parents Dion's a top five athlete on everybody's list that's 40, 42 44, somewhere in there and that's what these kids are, right? Absolutely right. You think about it, you know, so many times we look at some of these great players that we all may know because of our age but so many of the young players, there's a five or six year window, right? From about sixth grade to twelfth grade. They may not know a lot of these players but trust me, Dion Sanders walks into that home it's going to be, you know, prime time. And by the way, I don't know in the history of the NFL if there's ever been a better brand creator and marketer than prime time. Did you get some new pomade? Well, the hair is spiky today. It looks mm. good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I had an extra time to get, get ready for this thing. It was ready to go. Patrick, 
Patrick uh, did a great job on the Audible. Michael, I wasn't going to be here, but I couldn't miss out on it to talk about the Urbanator. I, I, the pre- Urbanator. Thank you. The Urbanator. I always just like to have fun with them all. If that's an indication, Odds On is going to be lit today. So enjoy uh, Odds On with Amal Shaw and Mike Palm coming up next. Thank you, Amal. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Okay, there he goes. Amal Shaw coming up next. Josh Applebaum joins right here on the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, the college bowl season starts this Friday. That's tomorrow, and VSEN has got you covered with our all-new bowl betting guide. Get matchup analysis on every bowl game, including insights, trends, data. You get the predictions in there as well to help you make your best bets. It's only $19.99. Analysis on every game, as I mentioned. So, again, this one's awesome. The work put in to this bowl guide is incredible. You got to check it out. Vston.com slash bull guide. Get it now. Vston.com slash bull guide. Okay. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. We head out to Massachusetts and we say hi to Josh Applebaum. Market Insights is the pod. Vston.com slash podcast. Betting across America with Pritch. Hi, Josh. How are you? Hey, Patrick. Hey, Michael. Happy to be with you. And by the way, Urban Meyer, uh, you know, sad to see you go, but he helped everybody catch that under six and a half win total for the Jaguars here. They only got two wins. They got four games left. Theoretically, they could win them all, and you still get your under six and a half with the hook. So not all is bad with Urban Meyer. He helped a lot of betters catch that under six and a half. Six and a half. That was the number. (laughs) (laughs) Now thinking back back on it, Michael, under six and a half for a season win total with Jacksonville, we should have been feeling that. I mean, I think we did recommend it, but yeah. We should have bet only as much as we're willing to spend, right? I mean, like wanting to win. I mean, wow. But, we, you know, look, it, it was a disaster. Everything he did, you know, he wanted to hire the strength coach. Every move he made in the offseason. You know, he's got James Robinson. He drafts ATN in the bottom of the first round. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know what he was trying to do. I had no idea what his plan was, if he even had a plan. Yeah, probably don't want to start hiring a terrible racist strength and conditioning coach to get you get you going there. And that is facts. That dude is a bad dude. Anyway, uh, we're just being reported again. Uh, just after what 13 weeks into his first season, Urban Meyer has been uh, released by the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we're seeing crazy movement here. Josh, uh, is, let's start with that game. You know that first week buoy that gamblers always talk about with a new coach, and also these players are going to want to prove to the world that Urban Meyer was holding them back, and we've seen that number jump, right, Josh? You're exactly right, Patrick. You know, kind of a system that a lot of betters really follow is just this fallen hero, you know, fire your coach. First game after that, you see a lot. Oftentimes, and it's anecdotal evidence, but also, uh, you know, I don't have the exact stats on you, but I believe it is profitable here if you look at the last decade or so. You know, one I think of last year when Bill O'Brien gets let go, Houston has a win immediately their next game back. So you've seen this happen historically. It's kind of the fallen coach theory where, uh, hey, you want to prove that it wasn't my fault he got fired. And we're seeing a lot of movement here toward Jacksonville. They open about a three-point favorite. Um, you're seeing the public kind of fall into this theory as well of just blindly playing Jacksonville. But they did get pushed up all the way to five, guys. I'm seeing some five and a halves as well. Uh, so, again, you got a better number early. You're feeling good about that closing line value. But I would caution you, if you look at two really terrible teams going head-to-head, if you both have a win percentage of 250 or less, you blindly just take the dog. It's 59% the last decade. Now, that doesn't apply this fallen uh, fallen uh, coach theory. Uh, but, again, I wouldn't be so quick to rush to the window to lay it with the Jags. Two bad teams, you actually see the dog covered more often than not. 
Okay. You, you know, I, I, I t tend to agree there with Josh. I, I think that that's right. I, I think the only concern I would say, and I'd offer this before you turn that ticket in on Houston, if you if you want to take the points, is is does Houston, wh what's their injury report look like? You know, are they going to be healthy enough to play? And I think there's some concern there, especially in their offensive line, especially with the defense with Kruger Hill and where they are in that situation. So to me, I, you know, I think when you saw that second half of the game last week, they were playing Seattle as toe-to-toe, -to -toe, and then as the game wore on and some of the injuries kind of manifested themselves, along with the, the, the COVID. I mean, two of their starting linebackers in this game are out with COVID, Kruger Hill and Kirksey. Now they may come back. I don't know. But that's a concern for me moving forward. I think you're going to see an all from 53 guys an all-time juice and jump and perform. I think it's going to be uh, no. They're going to try as hard as they've ever tried in their lives. I, it, from what Michaels told us, they hated Urban Meyer, and there was a, a close to be a mutiny. The, just the feeling of him getting away and saying, "Look, this is what I'm putting on tape for you." They, he was holding us back. I think it's going to be fascinating. Um, anyway, the game tonight. Josh, it's, kind of, it's really wild. Again, we talked about everybody's juiced up on the three, but outside of the South Point, most books, is this, a, a, is this our updated number three? So it looks like South Point has come back down to three, uh, but most books headed to three and a half. You're exactly right, Patrick. This has been really back and forth. The one thing we do know start to finish, big public play to the Chiefs. Uh, at BetMGM right now, you're looking at 78% of bets on the Chiefs, uh, only 22% on the Chargers. But um, even though the public is really heavy on the Chiefs, and who, who can blame them? They've won six straight. They look like that team that we remember from the Super Bowl runs. They're minus 225 right now to win the AFC West. But here's the thing, guys. There's a combination of uh, late buyback with the Chargers and some COVID situations with the Chiefs. So, number one, a lot of these books open minus three or three and a half with the Chiefs. Early heavy betting moved the number all the way up to four. You had a lot of buyback on Chargers plus four or Chargers plus three and a half. Bring it back down to three. But as you really noted, which was great, Patrick, all these minus threes with the Chiefs are minus three, minus 120. So if you like the Chiefs, three is probably going to be your best number. Now, I'm going to go the other way. I like uh, the Chargers here once they get to the hook. So remember, the juice it doesn't always tell you the next move, but it's going to hint at the next one. We're hinting at a move mm -hmm. back to three and a half. So once you get to three and a half, I think you're going to get a lot of buyback. That's really been the hook, the, the kind of that key number hook that you've seen a lot of bites at the Apple with the Chargers. And the Chargers would match quite a few system guys. Uh, divisional dogs, 55% ATS this year. Conference dogs, seven or less, 66% ATS this year. You have primetime dogs, 25 and 17, 60%. And Herbert as a dog, he's only a young player, second year, but he's three and one ATS this year as a dog. He's seven and four ATS in his career as a dog. Remember, week three, they went to Arrowhead and won 30 to 24 as a seven point uh, dog in that matchup. So I'd be looking charges with the hook. And guys, a lot of over money. It looks kind of both pro and Joe. You have 89% of bets. Almost 95% of money. I mean, everybody, doesn't matter what kind of better you are, a lot of money to the over and open 50. It's up to around, uh, we're showing 53. Guys, I'm seeing 53 and a half. So this thing keeps ticking up. Uh, and to me, maybe you tease down the total and take the over, or maybe you tease up the Chargers. Might be looking Chargers here, plus three and a half. That's my favorite bet tonight. It is a copycat business, and we saw an over cash in the first half in Green Bay on Sunday. And then, Michael, we saw on Monday night that field goal late push it over the total. Generally, when you right. start to see these primetime games cashing one way, the the, net, the public will bet that way coming up next. And that's where we're at right now with the over being bet here with Chiefs and Chargers.
Yeah, and I mean, look, if the if the Chiefs start to run away and they get a lead, we know the Chargers have strike ability and they can score quickly. So it lends itself to the over, and I think that both offenses, I mean, this is going to be a hard match. I mean, as good as the Chiefs have played on defense, they struggled to cover Williams and Allen the last time they played them. Yep, absolutely. Quickly, fellas, just want to mention this bit of breaking news as we talk about covid impacting all sports. Woj just reported, I'm sure you saw it, the Sacramento Kings canceled today's practice, shut down the team's facility, and have growing concerns whether COVID and the outbreak there will allow them to play Friday night in their game against Memphis. That's Woj on Twitter and ESPN right yeah. now. So that's not yeah, a surprise. And, and Miami just quarantined their whole team into a hotel. So th this is, we're starting to see this, you know, because they've got it going through their team right now, which is concerning as they get ready to play the Jets, which I don't think that line has been affected, but, uh, you know, they've got some COVID cases and now they just moved their entire team. Waddle went on IR. Caskins was on COVID list. So they've got three guys. Holland's on the COVID list. They have three guys on the COVID list right now, along with Philip Lindsay, the fourth. So they've decided to take action in their own hands and try to quarantine this like we were back last year. It would be, I would encourage everybody, just stay in the house. <laughs> this is cold and, cold and flu. If you don't want to talk politics wow. or COVID, that's fine. It is cold and flu season. Stick in the house. You're going to be, it's warmer. Yeah. There. It is. It's, it's, really it's, is. it's really crazy what's happening. Okay, Josh, a couple other games before we get out of here to check in on. How about the Broncos and Bengals? I'm seeing threes. I'm seeing the, I'm seeing the Broncos laying three, which is a surprise. Yeah, this is a surprise. I'd love to get Michael's lean on this one if he has one. But uh, this reminds me a lot of that Cleveland Browns game last week against the Ravens where he had a very short favorite that became a bigger favorite, even though they weren't the popular bet. So Denver Broncos, they're only getting about a third of bets in this game. Uh, but in the, in the Bengals have lost two straight, and the public sees this young Bengals team, you know, Burrow and Chase and high-flying, and they feel like, hey, they'll you know, bump in the road, they'll get back at it. They're saying, give me the points all day with kind of a Broncos team that isn't sexy but is fundamental and has been playing better as of late. A lot of these books open Denver laying only a point and a half. Now it's all the way up to minus three. Uh, if you can still find a two and a half or maybe you get a money liner on minus 145, that will be my play here, guys. I don't love laying the key number three now, but it reminds me a lot. Line movement is very, very similar to that Browns game last week where if you money line the Browns, you won, but if you laid the points late, you didn't cash there. So I'd be looking Broncos. Michael, what do you think? Do you let lean Broncos at all in that one? Not at all. I, I kind of think this is Joe Burrow's moment. I, I'm worried about the injury report, especially in the offensive line, but I think you could throw the football against Denver. I think Philadelphia went in there and won. It's, it hasn't been as hard a place to play as most people suspect. I, I, this is do or die for the Bengals. I think they've got to win this one. Same thing. This is a playoff game, and I, and I would lean Cincinnati here, but I need to really understand who's in and who's out. So you're tonight, you're going to wait for the hook, and you're going to bet Chargers three and a half, Josh. I am, yeah, that's my play. And I'm really intrigued by this teaser, you know, taking, if it gets a three and a half, taking the charges up to nine and a half. I know you only go through one key number, uh, but this time of year, guys, getting those extra points can be meaningful. And with all this money to the over, you tease it down, get an over 47 and a half, something like that. I'd look toward that as well. Okay, Josh, can you text me why there's a 50 cent move on the island tonight with your Boston Bruins in town to take on the Islanders? Boston open 120. Everybody's out. Okay. It, Bergeron, Marchand, Patrick, it's getting bad in Boston. Just, just text it. I got too much going on here. <laughs> 11. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Good luck today. Thanks, guys. Okay. Thank you. There's Josh Applebaum. We'll come back. We'll get, whether it's a lean or a play, I don't know, but we'll get it tonight. Thursday night football to kick off week 15 coming up next here at Lombardi Mine.
listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Well, they welcome you tonight to the lock of the year. It's Kansas City, Los Angeles. Either team scores a touchdown tonight. If you bet 10 bucks on the game, regardless of the outcome, you're going to win $200 paid for in free bets. You have to use the bonus code VSIN200, V-S-I-N 200, when you make your first bet. Enjoy football like never before. BetMGM specials. You get boosted out specials. You get everything there. All right? Tonight, 200 bucks is yours. Either team scores a touchdown. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms of 21 years or older to wager. And if you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Lombardi Line, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I was just laughing during the break, and you'll get a kick out of this. So uh, ESPN did a deep dive. It just mm. e- extrapolated all the analytics for the last 15 years as far as rookie quarterbacks. So the mm-hmm. best rookie quarterback over the last 15 years, Russell Wilson in 2012. Not going to argue with that, Okay. They have the fourth best, and this year is not over yet. They have the fourth best rookie in the past 15 years to start in the NFL. A guy named Mac Jones plays in New England. And again, the season's not even over, so he can rise on this list. Uh, But Mac Jones. Was Roethlisberger on that list this rookie year when they went to the playoffs? Was he on that list? What was that? That was 05? Did he squeeze in the 15 years? I'm trying to think if that would have been six. uh, Yeah, Maddox got hurt the opening game or the second game of the season, and he came in. He's not on the list. Was it what year was that? 06, 05? I think it was 05. So I think that might have been 16 years ago. So he's just out. Or 04. 04. Oh, yeah, it was so it's, it's, he's more it than 15 04. years. So here, here until I'll, I'll give you the top five. Uh, Russell yeah. in 12, no surprise. He was a, Sensational. awesome. One of the great rookie seasons of all time. And he positioned Robert Griffin the third in 2012. And then he decided he wanted to be a pocket. And he got injured. He wanted to be a pocket passer. We know the story there. Um, Baker in 2018. They've got him mm-hmm. uh, right. a very good season. And Mac is four. And then the fifth best would be Dak in 16. Which I thought Dak was great in 16. He was. Matt Ryan in 2008, six on the list. Mm. Herbert last year, no surprise. He played great. Bridgewater, eight in 2014. Uh, had had a good season, and then Burrow last year, and then top ten rounded out Gardner Minshew in 2019 with the Jags. That's Jaguar, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, he plays good every time he plays. I don't know if I he know. can play over an extended period of 16 games, but I think he plays really well. And and look, this is going to be a hard game for Washington with all these guys out. I know the line is nine. Uh, I just saw that. I just saw on Twitter that. Uh, uh, the Circa lines have come out, and, and Circa being quick to the punch, you can't get anything past Mike Palm now. Circa, they, they put that game at Washington and Philly. That, that's at nine on the board. So, you know, these lines, now they're going to move from here. You know, I mean, that, that jet line's nine and a half. There's some serious lines here. And, we, and there's two more days of, of potential COVID risk here. If you were starting a franchise, this is just random, but, and again, it's, given context, this shouldn't be a discussion, but I think it is a discussion. Gardner Minshew or Jared Goff. I think I'm starting with <laughs> Minshew. I, I, now, again, yeah. most well, would I mean, take off, but. Yeah, but you got to put salary in you gotta it, You've got to put right? context. I mean, you got to put number salary. one overall contract pick, salary, yeah. contract, yes. Yeah. 
I mean, I think, you know, based on the way some of these quarterbacks have played, certainly he has come in and demonstrated he's got a natural feel for the position. He's instinctive. He's accurate with the football. He doesn't have a great arm, but he's got a good enough arm. I think we learn now that, you know, you don't need a gun. You just need to have great sense of timing, anticipation, and accuracy to make these throws. And, you know, and, and golf in the right system, again, it has to be built around golf. It's going to have to be built around Gardner, too. It's like Parcells used to say this all the time. There's only three guys you don't have to build the offense around. Everybody else you got to manage correctly. That's the biggest problem down in Jacksonville. They did nothing to help the kid. You know, they, they're just counting on him to help them. No, you need to help him. And, and Urban could never see that because why? He's never had to worry about developing a five-star. He just puts him out there and whoever's good plays. Yeah, that's a great point about Lawrence. What a wasted, you know, that's a, that's a, year. It's a wasted year for a guy that really building on the job. And people are going to say, well, he's not a good pick. No, that's not true. I mean, same thing as Zach Wilson now. I mean, this is, the, this is bordering on I'm not sure if he's good or not. You know, I, I love them coming out, but the, the player that I watched at BYU is not this player here. There's a disconnect going on and if you're a jet fan you got to get to the bottom of it what's going on here with the offense why can we move the ball so effortlessly at times with mike white and joe flacco i mean last time they played miami they had joe flacco it was a seven point game it was a good game you know and and they had a chance in that game now they're go now they're playing um with 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 zach wilson and, and it's ticked up just two and a half points and they're playing in miami with the heat humidity and this Jet team, which is kind of, you know, in all honesty, the Jets team, they don't have injuries, but they have a lot of guys that, you know, they do have injuries. I mean, Elijah Moore's out. You know, they, they've got one case of COVID on their team. Mike White has COVID, but I'm sure he's going to be back. But, you know, they've got a lot of injury, injuries, guys not playing, especially at the wide receiver position. Well, with Wilson, one thing I will say is we just talked, I'll talk about another Wilson. Russell Wilson's six foot under six foot, but he's a trunk down low. What I see with Zach Wilson is he's spindly down low. That to me, like yeah. when I'm watching that stands out, I know he's one of those guys that people say when you meet him in person, he's bigger than you think, but he does look slight still. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I think and I think too, Patrick. I think he just to me his decision making is off. Even when the play breaks down, he breaks down, you know. And I mean, he scrambled last week for an 18-yard game, which was fun, to, which was good to see him do it. But there's been no consistency, and I don't see like with Lawrence. I don't see him getting better every week. I don't see him flashing like, oh my gosh. He said, well, against Tennessee, maybe he did in the second half and the fourth quarter particularly, mm -hmm. but it's hard to see it every week, you know, and, and that's a concern. But of course, it's hard to see the Jets get better every week. Like, I haven't seen the Jets improve at all. I... <laughs> That coach, that coach, that coach, that coach is something else. It'll be that's the best defensive front he's ever coached. He, DeForest Buckner, ever heard of him? I mean, that's, no, I mean, I mean, seriously, I mean, seriously, you know, that's going to be the issue. But you know, I, I think that that's the concern, and and you've got to be as Jet fans, and you've got to be worried about all this as it goes forward. Now, Dolphins have the COVID, you know, and and we'll see what happens. But with more on IR. And with, you know, with, with uh, Corey Davis out for the year, they really don't have any juice. They have no weapons. 
Okay, so this is exciting tonight. AFC West showdown. And Vinny, yeah. come, he should come in and he owes me an apology. It was three and a half. It's now three here at the South Point. So we have, it's interesting. They came down to three as the juice is jumping up everywhere else. What we're trying to tell you is Kansas City is three everywhere, but the juice is up 120, 125. So we're headed to three and a half. But right now it's three and the total, you see it's jumped up to 53. So that's a 50, 50 and a half opener with a total now all the way up to 53 here yeah and I think when you look at the breakdown like you can when you get the, the our betting guides you can see these breakdowns which are always telling you know 28 percent of the tickets the chargers have on them but they're carrying 66 percent of the money and it's you know 72 percent of the tickets are only carrying 34 so this is really the chargers are getting bet as much as anyone and this is you know this is the last dance for the chargers i mean this is this is the critical moment of the season and for me if it's going to stay at three i'm going to take the i'm going to take the chiefs and feel like they'll win this game I really feel like they'll win this game. I think the over's getting a little bit too hard to play right now at 53 and a half. So I would stay away from that. But I do like I do like the Chiefs at three if I lay that. I just don't think the Chargers are good enough on defense. And if this gets into a shootout, can they do it? I, I don't see it. Look, the Chiefs are not a shootout team either. Let's be real honest here. They're not a shootout team either. The least amount of points the Chargers have given up all season is 21. The Chargers have trouble stopping people, whereas the Chiefs had, and now they can. I think the Chiefs are better on defense. They're better in the kicking game. I think the Chargers are better on offense, but it's just slight, and I think that'll be the difference in the game. That's why I like the Chiefs. Yep, six straight wins for the Chiefs in that stretch. They've gone 4-2 and two ATS, given up a little under 11 on defense. And the last four, they've won by double digits. Two of those games, I'm trying to think, was the last week, you could throw it out, the Raiders didn't show. And then yeah, well, you for know, the first play of the game, for the first, from the play, first of the play of the game, the, the, it's an, it's it's throwing off what the, the Chiefs. It's the offense is not what we've expected, but those two games right. against the Raiders this year kind of throw they, it out of whack. They do forty-eight and forty-one. I mean, throw them out. But I think if you're if you're Brendan Staley, you're going to manage this game. This will be a tight game, and you can't be so cavalier and go for it as much on fourth down because this is not this may not be as high scoring as you suspect. Like Vic Fangio yeah. did. And I think the return of Edwards Larry has kind of helped the Chiefs lean on him a little bit. And, you know, it's you're right. Mahomes just it's not the same. They really owe everything to their defense. Now, the defense is an issue tonight. Jones out, linebacker out, right. cornerback out. That's big for the Chiefs. Yep. That is big for the Chiefs. And that's going to be the issue. But Frank Clark against Slater's replacement, that could be a bigger issue. Yeah, great point. Okay, well, it's going to be fun. Enjoy the game tonight, Michael. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Patrick. Okay, we'll see you Talk tomorrow. Soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. We've got uh, – we'll get into some Hall & Oates tomorrow. No can do. Can't go for that. Okay, enjoy your day. Coming up next, odds on right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.